This week's episode has no paid subscriber, so make yourself the one. Go to thedadpodcast.com and become a paid subscriber for just $24 a year and change my life. Thanks and enjoy the show. to the dad podcast this is episode number 89 if memory serves me correctly i cannot tell you i'm here by myself right now but i cannot tell you how unbelievably excited i am to be able to share this episode with you guys i was randomly contacted by a publicist who you know every once in a while when you have a a parenting podcast that's mildly successful such as you guys have made this one you get you get emails and you know and i've had other authors on before that these are not people that i know they're just uh people that have found out about the show and they have a book that's in the same and you know they're they're doing their thing they're marketing and i received an email from Rachel Cruz's publicist who works for the Dave Ramsey office now if you've been listening to the show for a long time you've heard me mention this time and time again i'm sure but dave ramsey wrote a book called the total money makeover And I don't know how long ago, I don't know the full story. I just know that in my life, in my situation, this has changed my life and my wife's life and my family's life financially in a way that cannot be described. I, when Natalie and I first got married, we bought a house we couldn't afford. We had a car payment because we thought we wanted a new car. And we, um, we had three jobs each, didn't have a penny to rub between the two of us. As you'll hear me mention later, there was the, the lowest time I remember is that we had to go turn in cans to get money to put gas in the car so we could afford to go to work. Uh, and it was just like, and I hit this rock bottom. I had uh, appendicitis. I got appendicitis. and needed an appendectomy. We didn't have health insurance. So I was hit with a, I think if off the top of my head, it was like a 55000 or $60,000 medical bill. I remember being in the hospital and them asking me if I owned a home, and I did at the time. And they said, oh, well, you'll be fine. You'll be covered. And I go, really? I, wow. I go, this is going to change my entire perspective on the way government programs can work and, and that they, they're going to help me out. They're going to work out a payment plan with me or something. And I go to the county office, and what it was is that they were going – I was in the hospital for less than 24 hours, and they were going to allow me – that's what the word they use. They were going to allow me to put a $60,000 lien on my home, and I would not have to pay anything. It would, not, it, would, it would sit there without interest until I decided to refinance or sell my house, at which point I would just fork over $60,000 for a hospital visit of less than 24 hours. And – I don't know where you land on this whole healthcare thing or in, or anything like that. From my perspective, being in that situation is that it looked to me that there was a situation where ha- people having insurance actually inflated the rates. That's my humble, stupid, ignorant opinion. And that if you were able to, if, if a hospital had to be like a Starbucks, then they would have to be able to charge something that is competitive. Now, I'm sure if you're a doctor listening to this and maybe even Dr. J would go, you need to shut the hell up, my friend. But, 
that was what it was when I was young, and that's what I thought. So we, of course, were like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'll figure out something. So we went to move to file bankruptcy on it. Well, it turns out that the hospital was getting a lot of flack in the press in our small town for overcharging people that did not have insurance. So they created a nonprofit organization that they would funnel their own money into and then pay themselves back as a tax write-off, which is great. I mean, I, to me, I feel like that's, that's, a, that's a fair enough way for you to help people that don't have insurance. And, and I'm, I don't even know, I'm sure with uh, the Obamacare or Affordable Health Act, however you prefer it to be called, that that's not even an issue now. But that was my circumstance. My circumstance was that I was broke. I had no money. I was, I was trying to get a life going like most people in their early 20s. And my, I went to my dad as I, and I said, Dad, I, this, this can't be a way to live life. I mean, I know that he was living it differently. And so I was like, what, are, what is it that you're doing that I'm not? Tell me what I should be doing and I will try to do it. Well, he gave me the total money makeover by Dave Ramsey. And he said, this guy does a radio show. He also does a podcast. He does an hour of his radio show. At least that's what he did when I first started. I I should have researched that more, and I apologize. But he does an hour. He has a four-hour daily radio show that is syndicated all over the nation, probably on AM. But if you go to his website, DaveRamsey.com, you can find a a local radio station near you that's probably playing it. If not, you could easily get an an hour of his podcast for free. If you join his Financial Peace University online, I think – and if I – memory serves it's like 10 bucks a month then you get the full radio show as a podcast they give it to you as a downloadable mp3 but uh the hour in my opinion is enough not to take money out of dave ramsey's pocket but you get the idea and it is very simple it is very basic and easy you don't have to be a guy who understands how to do day trading and inside stock business nothing if you are just a guy who's like you know what i know how to do i know how to go to work punch in punch out and i want to improve my family's life no matter how much money you make, this book will help you do it. And I say that with complete comfort, that I can guarantee it. If you do what this book tells you to do, it will change your life financially. I know it because it did for me. And one of the, so the, the basic steps that he talks about, it's a, it's a baby steps type program. And that the first thing is you have to get debt free. And you have to read the book for it to go into it, but I'm just going to kind of, I want to set the table here to give you a context for what we're kind of discussing in the interview later when I talk to his daughter, Rachel, in her book. You get debt-free, and the way you do that is you set aside $1,000, and that's for emergencies. Then you cut up your credit cards so that you have no temptation to further go into debt. And then you start a snow a snowball uh, debt system. Many people I'm sure are familiar with this. I think Susie Orman, if I remember correctly, has a similar philosophy, but you, you take your debts and you, you write them down smallest to largest. I'm skipping a step. I apologize. Before you do any of that, you sit down uh, at the end of a month and you make the budget for the next month. So for instance, you're listening to this at the beginning of April, you could do it now for the rest of April and you, or you could, uh, you know, start to look at May or do both. I would suggest you do it now for this month. But you, sp- you sit down, and as Dave Ramsey says, you, you spend every penny on paper on purpose. So you write down exactly how much money's coming in, how much needs to go out, and you, f- and you look at it. Be prepared the first time you do this. It is not going to be a breath of fresh air. It is going to be shocking. It is going to be alarming if you are not in a, in a good financial situation. And what's interesting about that, too, is if you listen to his radio show, he has doctors that are making $150,000, $200,000 a year and in financial just catastrophe. They can barely make ends meet. Can you imagine being a doctor and not being able to pay your utility bill? Like, that is crazy to me. 
But it happens. It happens no matter what your income is. And so you make this budget. Then you do the $1,000 aside for emergencies. That's your emergency fund. Then you start the debt snowball. And what you do is you take all the money and you spend on what you have to do to live. And then whatever's left over, you pay towards the debt. And there's other delineations for what if you don't have enough to make the ends meet that it'll go over in the book. But essentially what you're doing is you're paying the minimum payments on everything. And then whatever money is left over on your um, on your monthly budget, you put towards the smallest debt. And so then once you pay off that smallest debt, then that same amount of money rolls over to the next debt. And so essentially you're building up these huge lump sum payments. Now, a lot of people, when they hear this, and, and Dave, you'll, you'll hear Dave Ramsey talk about this, is that they will want to pay off like interest rates. Well, this one has a better interest rate, so why should I pay this? And what he, what he points out is that finance is 80% psychological and 20% math. And I, I might be misquoting that, and I apologize if I am. But what it is is that you will, you will know when you start chipping away at those smaller debts, which is more likely to happen because they have a smaller balance, you'll feel the stress relief. And it's like a carrot at the end of the stick, and it just makes you want to run faster and faster and faster and faster. And, and it's just it's amazing. And then once you do that, then you build up depending on how you make your money. So for me, I'm self-employed, so my, my paychecks are unpredictable. So he says you should save up six months' worth of your expenses. If you have a more like traditional um, income, like a regular paycheck, you do three months of expenses, and you set aside in just a savings account. It's not trying to maximize dollar. You don't put it in a bond. You need it to be liquid so that you don't need a credit card anymore. You're, you're breaking yourself free from the shackles of debt. And it, and it sounds really cheesy to say, but I cannot tell you how big it is. I didn't get a chance to mention this in my interview with Rachel coming up later that I have recently fallen off the wagon when we purchased this house. My wife and I sat down and we thought we were better than the system and uh, that it changed our lives and made it for the better. And we said, you know what? We could go into a little bit of debt and get the house the way we want it and live tight for a few months. Or we could keep the cushion and then just chip away at the house. We foolishly, in my opinion, decided to go all in and get it done. And then, as you'll hear me talk about, the tax situation happens. And, and then now I'm staring down the barrel of a lot of debt. But here's what's great about this system. I am staring down the barrel of a lot of debt, and I'm not scared. I'm not petrified. I'm not stressed. I know it's going to get paid off because I've done it before, and I'll do it again. And that's what this book has done for me and my wife. It has literally changed our life. I mentioned it in the interviews that my wife and I went from making $100,000 a year household income. Honestly, that was more my wife uh, in the past uh, than me um, to getting it cut down to $45,000 a year. And we didn't even know it as far as our lifestyle was concerned. Um, I just we had to make sacrifices and we just did it without even thinking about it. And it wasn't until I filed our taxes because I'm so used to just month to month to month to month to month. And that's. That's what I've learned from Dave Ramsey. And so now I picked up this book uh, that, the, that the people sent me to get a, to get a read and, and, and to bring you to this day was that when I received this email, I cannot tell you how, how happy I was, how excited I was that I'm like, holy crap. The fact that I am in a position to where I can help return the favor in any small fashion. And that's not why I'm saying this. I'm not saying this to repay a debt to them. Uh, that you're saying, you know, getting you to buy the book so that it's like, well, there, well, now we're even Dave. Thanks a lot. No, it's the fact that 
it gives me the opportunity to directly. I've given the book to multiple friends who have had financial problems, and I, I can at least think of right off the top of my head six people who have also changed their life because I recommended the book to them, and I bought it for them and gave it to them as a gift and said, this will change your life and make everything okay again. Just do it. I have a friend I just talked to who's just who's just starting it out and how it's she said to me this weekend, she's like, it's mind blowing the difference it has made that all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, look at what I was putting money into. So when I get this email from this publicist, I was so I'm, I'm so my mind is racing and I'm sorry if this sounds discombobulated or, or weird or cheesy, but it is a huge deal for me to be able to help spread the word for what this, this, you know, this family that is, you know, some people may look at it like, Oh, they've got a business and that's all they're doing. But no, if you, here's the thing, there is no ounce of me drinking the Kool-Aid on this. There is no shot at all of me going, you know, this is, I've, I've, it's, it's Scientology or whatever, you know, no, this is, this is a good family making a good uh, earning honestly helping people and changing people's lives for the better. The fact that what is covered in this book, that it is not covered in high school is mind blowing to me. It is absolutely asinine. It is crazy that these people, that that this isn't something that we are teaching our kids. Algebra should be thrown out the window in my opinion and and should take a a tremendous backseat to being able to raise people that are financially sound. And he talks about it in one of his books that he says, you know, the reason probably why it's not is because credit card money and banks, they want you to be in debt. So they're going to throw money at getting anything like that out of legislation or into a curriculum. And so you can sit there and point the finger at the government or you could do the right thing. And you could help, you could help change your life and also your kid's life. And that's where this book comes in. It's called Smart Money, Smart Kids. It's by Dave Ramsey and his daughter, Rachel Cruz. To give you a little bit of history on Dave's life, he did real estate, and I think in his like early 20s or something like that. He built up a real estate profile that was, uh, can you imagine being in your early 20s and having a net worth of about $4 million? Well, that's what he did. And, but it was all leveraged. It was all financed. So it's, uh, as the joke with my father now that I tell all the time is that I am mortgage rich, but I am by no means rich. And uh, that's what he was. And then the real estate market took a dive, just like many of us experienced in like 07, 08. And all of a sudden the banks were like, hey, we need you to pay the money. And he couldn't pay the money because all he had was other mortgages and rental income coming from that. But he still had to pay the majority of that rental income back to the mortgage. And he lost everything. He had to spend, if I'm not, I'm sorry if I'm misquoting, but off the top of my head, I think it was like a, a three months living in a station wagon with one of his kids and had another one on the way, which was Rachel. They filed bankruptcy, and he he went to uh, his religion, his faith, and went through the Bible and found that there was no positive reference to debt within the Bible. And then using that as inspiration, built this. He's, he has courses that people could take all over. If if you are a, per, a person of religion, then you there's there's ways that you could bring this to your church. Uh, that, that that there is a religious aspect, and they quote more of the scripture. If you are not, I ask that you not. Uh, if sometimes people who are atheists tend to look down their nose at Christian philosophies. And I, I just say, just look at the book and read it for what it is. If you get the total money makeover, you can literally, if you, if you skip through the anecdotes that uh, of examples of people that have done it, that he put in the book, you could probably read that book in three to four hours and, and get all the information that you need and, and literally get the ball rolling. But, um, 
But he built this out of a self-published thing. He's a, he's an entrepreneur at heart, which I love that. I love a bootstrap story, and that's what he did. He built a small little book that was, you know, spiral-bound. Like, remember your old, like, poetry books or recipe books that you do in elementary school that they would make and publish, kind of? But it was like a, a laminated cover almost, and then they had that spiral-bound plastic thing. So he did that and went around to small clubs and, and, and functions and, and would talk about what he's learned and what he went through and then sell his book at the end. And then from there, he was able to actually pay to get it, like, back and made and then from there he just grew 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 and so he went from being worth four million dollars to worth nothing to where i mean now i'm I'm guessing at least in the 50 million dollar net worth because he's built this corporation and what i love the most about it he's built this corporation this company that now his daughter's getting involved in all off of helping people uh that he he's done it by by changing people's lives and and again if you're if you're sitting here listening to this and going ah i don't know justin listen to an hour of the podcast Listen to an hour of the podcast where you hear people get on the radio and they get to yell that they're debt free and they get to tell their story. If that cannot move you, if that cannot motivate you enough, then honestly, I don't know what could. It's it's mind blowing what people have been able to do just from the simple things within this book. I really am starting to feel like I'm sounding like a guy who's joined a cult or whatever, but it's only because I, I there are very few things that I think I am passionate about without being funny if that makes sense or or and this is something that i i feel so strongly about that i don't even think i could make fun of it like i can't i can't poke fun of it and it is so near and dear to my heart there is no way i would have this podcast if it wasn't for these people there's no way that my family would be in as uh, good a position that they're in if it wasn't for these people i wouldn't be in this house i wouldn't have this studio i wouldn't be able to tell jokes for a living i have literally been able to pursue every dream that I've had, not without sacrifice, not without struggle, but it's been on the table of possibility because of what these people have done. Um, and and I say these people because, I mean, primarily it's the, it's her father that did this for me, but now what I'm most excited about after reading this book, Smart Money, Smart Kids, is what what it'll do for my kids is that it's it's giving me the same outline and plan that it did to help fix my finances. It's doing it for my kids. And it's huge. Any anybody who's listening to this and and you you worry about, you know, like entitlement. There's a there's this book I really think can help you raise an unentitled child. Whether they're an only child or whether they have siblings makes no difference because it teaches you simple ways that you can give your child a work ethic. You could give them a motor and I wish that that was something that was that was pushed more as far as academic evaluation. Like, I really just, I could care less if my kid is horrible at math and can't read really well. Because if he's got a motor, if he's got a desire to make things happen and the focus and ability to make it happen, I really truly believe that there's he's going to be fine. And I think that that's all we really kind of want for our kids but we're, we're all trying to find the way of doing it. it's like well okay maybe if he gets good grades and he can go to a good college and if he gets a good college goes to college and gets a good degree then he can get a good job and that that'll help him get the money but not everybody's made to go to college some of you weren't so maybe your kids aren't either and i think that this book will give them the ability to not necessarily become a doctor or a lawyer but to be just as financially sound as one if not more um, so at the risk of me waxing even longer about this, because I think I'm going to start running into the danger of beating a dead horse here. Um, there is one little thing that I want to uh, tell you because I didn't really get to, um, get to hit on it in my talk with her. 
So I'm going to read you a small passage from the, the book here. It says, it happens every day. Every day, people call into the Dave Ramsey show to scream at the top of their lungs, we're debt free. These are families that have been working hard, sometimes for several years, to get out of debt and change their family tree forever. These are moms and dads who have been working two or three or five jobs to break the chains of debt. They fought and climbed their way out from under a pile of car loans, credit card bills, and student loans, and they are excited. There's something in their voices when they tell their story. You know they will never again put their family back into debt. Often these families drive to our office to do their debt-free call from our lobby. We have this awesome cafe in our lobby called Martha's Place that always smells like cinnamon rolls and fresh-baked cookies. Think of it like walking into your grandmother's kitchen on Christmas morning, like you're stepping into a cloud of homemade joy. Trust me, it's amazing. Martha's Place sits opposite of Dad's radio studio. So visitors and debt-free callers can come in and watch Dad do the show through a glass wall separating the studio from the lobby. Sometimes I'll see a family walk in and I'll know immediately why they're here. I could tell they're a mix of exhausted and excited and usually a little nervous. And it's easy to see that they've been in a car for several hours to get here. The dad stretches out his back while a shy little four-year-old girl wraps her arms around his leg. The mom walks in holding a sleeping baby. And then there's a hyper seven-year-old boy who hits the lobby like a horse coming out of the gates at the Kentucky Derby. Martha greets them and helps them, around, uh, helps them round up the kids. She sets them up with the headset and microphone and stands them in the right spot where they can see Dave inside the studio. And then it's time. After years of working overtime and extra jobs, overcoming a lifetime of bad money decisions, after driving a stake in the ground and changing the course of their family legacy, it's time to tell their story on the radio. As the mom and dad share the microphone, both jumping in to tell parts of the story, you can see the little boy and girl getting excited. They know they have a job to do. They've been practicing it in their car for the whole five-hour drive. They're waiting for the cue from their parents. Then you hear Day say those magic words, Okay, guys, count it down. And this mom and dad who have moved mountains to change the direction of their family Bend down so the little boy and girl can reach the microphone. You'll hear the dad say, are you ready, guys? Just like we practiced. Three, two, one. And then together with mom and dad, you'll hear these precious little chipmunk voices yell as loud as they can, we're debt free. I cry almost every time. I don't know what the hell she's talking about there. (laughs) I just want to walk up to that girl, put her face in my hands, look her in the eye, and say, do you have any idea what your parents just did for you? They have changed your entire life. You see, I was that little girl. After my parents' bankruptcy, they could have gone right back into old habits that got them into trouble in the first place, but they didn't. They changed. They changed their own lives, and in the process, they changed the kind of life I could have. They taught me the keys I need to win with money for life. I apologize uh, for getting so emotional, but it really, really is a big deal for me. I know that um, it's it's weird for me to say, it's weird for me to think, but this podcast has helped a lot of people. Um, and I know that 90% of the time I talk like a jackass um, for, you know, to, to make fun and all that stuff. But this is this is one of those things where... This is one of the coolest opportunities this podcast has given me. 
And I know that I'm going to walk out of here going, what the hell are you doing, Justin? Um, why do you have to talk like an asshole? But, uh, but it really is big for me. It really is. It really is a big deal. And, um, and I, I really hope that it, it can help you in just a little bit of the way that it's helped me and my family. And so, uh, I'm sorry if I ruined your commute. I'm sorry if I ruined your, uh, treadmill visit or anything like that. But, um, but my, 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 my intention, my hope is, is that, is that maybe some of this will maybe kind of make you go, yeah, maybe, maybe give it a shot and not to sell a book, but to change a life because that's what I really believe that this kind of, uh, stuff can do. So please, uh, enjoy my, uh, my brief interview with, um, Rachel Cruz, uh, who is Dave Ramsey's daughter. Remember, the book is called Smart Money, Smart Kids. You can go to smartmoneysmartkids.com. It's going to be released on April 22nd is when it publishes, but it's available for pre-order now, either through the website, through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, as she said, all of them. Um, and uh, send me an email if, uh, if you have any thoughts or questions about the total money makeover or any of that stuff. Um, I, I know I'm just, I just kind of gave you a brief overview to give you the idea, but I really do think that it's worth the book. It's... And if you have any questions about about any of it, I would be glad to entertain them. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy my interview with Dave Ramsey's daughter, Rachel Cruz. And uh, thank you. All right, I am here with Rachel Cruz. I, I cannot tell you how excited I have been for this. I got what is to only be considered a random message from a publicist saying, we have this new book. It's very exciting. I think it would be great for parents. And it's Rachel Cruz, who is Dave Ramsey's daughter. And my heart skipped a beat. I have never been more nervous to do a podcast in my entire life. Uh, Rachel's on the line with me right now. Uh, and so I'm going to do my best not to gush over what your family has done for my family. I can only imagine what it is to be you, to be some kind of like a financial celebrity that people are constantly, you saved my life so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Does it- well, we hear that. We hear that, um, for sure. But it's such a, such a cool thing to know that what you do with your life is, is helping other people. So I'm so glad Justin that you guys, that your family, uh, has gotten on board as well. That's so cool to hear. And we have been on uh, the Dave Ramsey program for just over 10 years to uh, just to give a little bit of back history. Let me first say this. Uh, Rachel yeah. is here, obviously, to promote her book. And anyone listening to this show, you are purely insane. And I mean this with no hyperbole. You are a crazy person if you do not go get this book. They, they, are, they did not send this to me in a talking point. This, what this family has done for me and my family is nothing short of amazing and life-changing. I cannot stress that enough. My wife and I went from having three jobs each and not a penny to rub between the two of us. My wife had to turn, we had to turn in cans to get money to put gas in the car to go to work. That's where we were. And in a matter of a short, like probably a year, just about a year, we weren't completely debt-free. But we, in a year of budgeting, we went from only needing one job each and being able to afford just about anything that we wanted to do because we were, we were intentionally using our money in the way that we were using it. We wanted to use it. And I, to give you, like, to bring that full circle till today, we've purchased a house. And uh, wow. 
Yeah, we got a house now in Southern California. I'm not I'm only I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this to brag on what the Ramses have done. I'm a man who tells jokes for a living who recently purchased a half a million dollar home in Southern California. And if it was it's not because I'm famous, it's not because I have a humongous following. I do have a following, but it's only because of the money management stuff that I have learned from the total money makeover and I, we would not be able to live the life. We went from making about $100,000 a year, and when the real estate market crashed, it dropped down to $40,000 a year household income, and we didn't even notice. And that is everything mm. because of what we've learned from, again, the Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Um, and then recently, we paid what uh, your dad, I, I've learned, calls a stupid tax when we found out from three financial advisors that we could take out our uh, re- retirement, take out some retirement to put in as a down payment on the house. And that this was our only opportunity to be able to get in to the market while it was still recovering. And we still had enough set aside. So we're like, let's do it. And so we took it out and and, uh, and put it in there. And then when I had to pay taxes. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's when you I your li- stupid tax was literally a tax. I did. I literally played a stupid tax tax because I found, <laughs> I found out that I did not do enough research and that there was a $10,000 cap. On, like they said, you could pull money out of your retirement, put it into a home, and there would be no penalties. Mm-hmm. All you would pay is the taxes on the money that had been earned as long as it was a principal investment. And we had made next to no money in the, on that retirement at that point. So I'm like, great, let's get a house. We can, you know, we want to build rental properties. That's what we want to do. And so, so now I'm hit with a $30,000 tax bill. Oh no. And I oh only, no. Yes. I only say this. I only say this. And I know that the, the fact that I am laughing about it is everything to do with what I have learned from your father. Now mm. to bring this to you, Rachel, sooner or later, I will let you talk. I promise. <laughs> hearing your story though i mean it is it's amazing it it puts uh all of this in perspective for sure just to know your heart and where you're coming from so no i love it so keep going so um so to bring this in is that my wife and i have we've been struggling is that part of what we've learned is through that struggle and then we look at our kids and and we're like how they're gonna grow up not really knowing what it's like to have to be dirt broke hopefully but then how do we teach them the lessons like we thought we had to fail in order to figure it out and that's when the amazing rachel cruz comes in with this book smart money smart kids it i've already read it i did it the same thing i did with your dad's book total money makeover i literally read it in an afternoon and it is the most easy read, and just the, you, wow. all you do is you turn page after page, and you go, oh, yes, oh, oh, yes, good, oh, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So that's mm. that's the extent of me gushing over this book. Uh, wow, I so appreciate it. Oh, thank Rachel, you. I cannot tell you, I, I cannot stress enough to my listeners and to you that it it really will change your life. There is no way that you can read this book and not even if you're even if you're not struggling financially. If you are struggling financially, you need to get Total Money Makeover and you need to get this book and you need to get them now because even if you don't think you have the $30, $40 or whatever it is on Amazon to pick it up, trust me, that $30, $40 has been life-changing as far as finances are concerned. My wife and I never fight about money and it, it's not a fight, I guess is a better way to say. It. I have to get after her and say, "Hey, we don't have enough money in the budget for you to be dining out all the time. Like you got to knock it off with the Baskin Robbins, honey. But it's not a like a. Let's not. We're not at each other's throats. You know what I mean? Yes. 
Yeah, and, absolutely, because you have a clear plan and you're working together, which is uh, which is huge. Because sadly, the number one cause of divorce in North America today is money fights and money problems. So, yes. a lot of people, maybe even you listeners out there, yes, it's a point of tension and stress within a marriage. So, the fact of getting on the same page is tremendous, and and we hear that a lot. A lot of people say, you know, especially to dad, you know, you you saved our marriage literally, and. Or you saved our life or, you know, these statements, either marriage or just even your life, kind of like what you were talking about. But the great thing is, is like you guys are the ones that went out and did it. Yes, Dave, Dad has put this plan in place that's so easy to understand, not intimidating, not shameful for you to get this place in your life in order, the money in your life in order. Uh, but you're the one that went and did it. And, and for everyone out there, it just takes some work. And it's tough sometimes. It's not always fun. But as you push through and you're intentional with your money, so many other things happen and so many things fall in place that it's it's really indescribable. It is it is it is, it is mind blowing. The first time my wife and I did a budget, right after we read the Total Money Makeover, we both cried when we realized how little money we had coming in and how much was going out. And it seems like you can't afford anything. And it's it's crushing the stress that you feel and the anxiety. It feels insurmountable. And so all we did was we just we lowered our heads and we did. Our, our best and we just kept sticking to it and literally within months you start going oh wait no this is getting better I'm seeing improvement and then the next thing you know three years have passed and you have you have literally no financial woes and it's a weird thing to say because you have the same amount of bills you still got a mortgage you still pay your rent and your utilities but sure. it's, but it's like what he says is that you're spending it with intention you know where it's go- going as opposed to constantly playing catch up with what you're doing Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm really nervous. I'm trying to keep a train of thought, but I'm so thankful and so, so happy to be in any way, shape or form helping to spread this word because it's been a lot of my listeners, especially if they've been listening for a long time, have heard me gush about this already. Mm. Um, and I, well, and I, I think, go yeah, ahead. And I think your story is perfect, especially with this book, because my, my encouragement to parents out there is I was born actually the year my parents declared bankruptcy. So I was born in April and they filed bankruptcy in September and lost everything. And so, I mean, if parents are out there and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I, I live paycheck to paycheck. I'm deeply in debt. I'm like, I don't, I don't have my finances in order. How in the heck am I supposed to teach my kids how to handle money? Yeah. And my encouragement to you is that your kids, they are the clean slate. Yep. Your kids are your do-over. And so from the Ramseys coming out of bankruptcy to you, Justin, and your wife talking about, you know, your struggles and coming out, that's the beauty of, of your kids and passing this information on to, you, to the next generation. Because they don't have to make those mistakes. And that's my story is I probably will never file bankruptcy. I'll never uh, – I'm not perfect with money, but money will not have to be a stress point because I grew up with the knowledge of figuring out how it works. Yeah. And I've been able to apply that to my own life. And and, I, and I'm able to win. And, and not because I'm Dave Ramsey's daughter. Some people say that, like, well, Dave Ramsey's daughter, of course you're going to win with money. And I'm like, uh, no. no, it's not like he sends me, like, secret checks in the mail or yeah. something. No, I'm an adult, and I work, and I and I make an income. But I know what to do with it. And so that's just the blessing um, of knowing early and, and giving your kids that gift of, of learning how to handle money. One of the greatest eye-openers that I had in reading your book, and what's great about it, too, is that it's really a book written by you and your dad. And it's from, it your, is, perspe- yes. it's from your perspective. And then what's great is he gets to be the, the parent chiming in. And, and uh, it's uh, – I'm sorry. 
he gets to be the parent chiming in and getting to see you now as an adult, starting your adult life. Now you're married and going to start, you know, I'm, I'm, I imagine someday having your own family and everything. And, yeah. and it's like, it, it is that, that bird leaving the nest type thing. It's like, oh, I think I did it all right. And he gets to see these great payoffs. And I want to talk about that because I think one of the things that was so cool is that in knowing your dad's story, and, and I've thought when I was, when I first started, I was like, wow, what's it going to be like for his kids? Like, what, how is it going to work if his kids – what if they just fail financially? Like, what is this poor guy going to do? Like, I'm, I mean, he has so little hair, he can't pull it out. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> so, so it's like, what's, where is he going to go? And what was so great and refreshing about this book for me personally uh, is that what your dad did, even though literally millionaire – you know what I mean? Raising children uh, and everything is that he did exactly the same thing my middle to upper middle class father did and that he instilled the idea of work value. I don't want to ruin anything about the book and uh, uh, unless you want to tell, but there's these great stories about where he tells her, okay, you need to make a business. You guys got to get a job. I remember my dad telling me at five years old when I wanted a my pet monster, he's like, sounds like you need a job. And, oh, yes. and I had oh, to my gosh. figure this out. Yes. And I, and here's the, here's what I'm I'm leading to with this is that I realize now, and I forgot until really reading this book, it really validated and solidified it for me. Is that that struggle actually defined who I was today? And that I feel like I don't know if it's all parents or just this generation of parents. I feel like I'm I have this natural instinct to help protect my kids from any kind of hardship. And I have to fight it. I have to go, no, it's good. It's good for them to get kicked in the face every now and then. Obviously not literally, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right. It's yes. good for them to have a, a, a punch in the gut that makes them stand up and go, oh, oh, this isn't going to be easy because nobody is going to make life easy for them. And one of the interesting stories that uh, that I'm reading from this is that as you got your families bouncing back from this financial hardship, you talk about how you would go to church on Sunday and then most families would go out to lunch afterwards. And so you guys would go, hey, Dad, can we go out to lunch? And, and he would build up this restaurant. Oh, yeah, we're going out. We're going to the best restaurant in town. It's going to be the most awesome food. And it turns out it was your mom's kitchen. And so yes. you were going Sharon's home. kitchen. Sharon's yes, kitchen. we hated that. <laughs> and what I love. Yeah, that was a phrase we heard a lot. And that, and I love that story because it's so simple and it's such kind of a vague memory. But I remember him saying that to us. And I look back and I'm like, gosh, that is such uh, a living example of what they were doing. Because they were only probably, you know, six years out of the bankruptcy at that point. Yeah. And they didn't have the money. They were, I mean, they were obviously over the bankruptcy, but they were still starting from nothing building this foundation, they decided at that point they're never, ever borrowing money again. And so they really were living within their means, trying to save up, trying to, you know, prioritize their money in the right way. And so when it came to things like going out to eat, we didn't have the money to go out to eat. And so they would tell us no. And I think, you know, that that's parents showing sacrifice. Because I'm sure mom and dad wanted to go out to eat with their friends. I mean, it wasn't just us kids wanting to. I know they probably wanted a break. I'm sure my mom was like, oh, this is the 18th pot roast I've cooked in a month. I'm so <laughs> sick of it. I want to just enjoy a nice lunch out. Uh, but they didn't. And so they, they really instilled in us just this idea of, of living within your means. And sometimes that means sacrifice. And I just so applaud them for that. Uh, because, again, like you said, I think sometimes – you know, parents will give in to kids or they, you know, parents will even put their own financial situation in danger to help their kids. Yeah. And so you really want to just balance it out. Yes, you want to bless your kids and help them, but there is time where they need to see that sacrifice. 
Yeah, they need to see the struggle. And that's what I thought was so eye-opening when I read that story is that you, to you writing it, I don't know, but you just had this little line in there where you say, I laugh about that today. And that really hit me hard. Like it was like, I, I was just looking, I go, holy crap. I go, these things that we look back as as a parent, like your parents might be sitting there going, I'm doing my best to put a happy spin on this, but we're maybe we're stressed or whatever, that you look mm-hmm. back at it and you're like, oh, I hated that, you know? But then as a grown up, you're like, it's a funny story. And that this yes, thing that- right. Could- it didn't put me in counseling. So yes. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, they, they freak out over moments. And granted, you, you don't want to scare your kids. I mean, sharing financial information with them, I tell parents, you know, share, but don't scare. Yes. Obviously, it'll be age appropriate. They're not going to be like, oh, the house is in foreclosure. Kids, we can't go out to lunch. You know, it wasn't anything like that. Um, but yeah, but saying no, that's okay. That's a good word to hear for kids. And yeah, I, I didn't have to go to counseling for that. So uh, it's not going to damage your kids in the long run. If anything, they're learning boundaries. They're learning to say no. They're learning all of these great life lessons that, that just doesn't have to do with just money. You're teaching them life skills for them to be adults to go out and win. Right. And that's one of the phrases that you say a lot in the book that I, that I really like, too, is more is caught than taught in a sense that more is picked up. And we as parents know that almost to a flaw, more is picked up from what you're doing rather than what you're telling them to do. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And I think a lot of people, when they hear him, Dave Ramsey's daughter, they just assume that we like had mutual fund parties and like budget, you know, (laughs) summits on the weekends, like all this crazy money stuff. And I'm like, no, thank God. No, that did not happen in the Ramsey house. But yeah, mom and dad, they were intentional teaching us, but more than that, it was their example. And just like you said, more is cost than taught. And so it's kind of a a challenge for parents. I think sometimes parents are like, oh my gosh, okay, that really means I have to get my my finances in order. And I pray that for parents. I hope that parents can get to this place where money is not stressful uh, for them and that they have a plan, uh, not just for them, but for, for their legacy, for what they're passing on to their kids. So it yeah. is important uh, for parents' example uh, to shine through because it does. Because there is an anecdote where you – or I guess an example is a better way of saying it where you say that you want your kids to be able to see that the water heater fails and you're going to have to pay you know, 500 800 bucks, and that not be an emotional crumble, You know that not – cause because then that's going to look at them and like oh my gosh life is scary life is is really sad and you know but in actuality if you can manage the money aspect of it you go oh it happened here i'm gonna take some out of the emergency fund and i'll replenish it at the next paycheck and everything's going to be just fine that's the example you want to be caught that's what you want them to pick up on yeah to see that money can be a very healthy thing in life and that um it's not you know it doesn't have to be scary and stressful if you make the right choices and like you say if you save up uh, for an emergency fund. So when an emergency happens, it's not a crisis. It's more of an inconvenience. And so you're just kind of showing them those things day in and day out. The other thing I wanted to kind of touch on with you is that I thought my my family personally is not a family of faith. We're, we're not a religious family. But mm-hmm. I do think, and my dad recently, unfortunately, my grandfather passed away a couple of years ago. And so there was a talk about how, you know, there's not really going to be any money divvied up and, and all that stuff. And I, I had this moment yeah. where I was watching my father as the oldest son give this kind of speech and breakdown. And I was like, wow, this is kind of cool that he's, you know, he's kind of the guy in charge and he's stepping up to take care of the family because grandpa's not here anymore. And I look around the room and I realize that my father and I are the only two people in this room that can take care of ourselves. That my, my wow. uncle is in his mid-50s and had to borrow $3,000 from my grandfather to fix the transmission in his car. And my dad had to say, it's okay. That, that debt is absolved. It's, you know, it's gone. And, 
and there's mm. and it's you just look around and these are these people who who look down their nose at us because we are not Christians and my dad pointed this thing out to me that was really huge and he said he goes what's interesting is that they you know they I think that they're missing a big fundamental part of the Christian philosophy is that you need to be able to give he said Anytime yeah. we see a woman who's on the side of the freeway and her and her hood's up, my father and I pull over. I pull over because when I was a kid, he pulled over, and that was the example he set for me. And it's it. There's something that feels good about being able to give to people and being able to help people, and that unfortunately, them they will never know what that's like. They will never know what it's like to be able to help somebody out because they really hold on to this. I guess it's a quote from the Bible. You would know better than I that it's it's easier for or it's harder for I think a camel to pass through the head of a needle than a rich man to get mm. into heaven, I think is one that they keep, they keep quoting. Cause my dad is very financially successful and sure. And yeah. So they, and sadly that verse specifically is way misquoted, <laughs> way misquoted. And that's kind of a thing within Christians, sadly, and something we fight against constantly uh, is the idea that wealth is evil and that money yes. is evil and it's not nowhere in scripture. As I consider that was a whole passage on just salvation in general and the times. And if you look at context and all of that, so that was completely taken out of what the meaning of the scripture was. And sadly, believers are doing that these days. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, ju- and I love, I love that your example of, of pulling over and helping a woman, you know, on the side of the road, um, because that's what your dad showed you. And that's one thing I look back on my life. I'm like, my parents, not only taught us how to give, but we saw them give constantly. And that is such a huge message. And it's something that I think this generation's missing out on because I hear a lot of parents say, Rachel, I'm so scared. My my child's going to be entitled or they're going to be discontent. You know, how can I, how can I fight against that? And my answer is, is to give because when you're giving, you're becoming grateful and grateful for where you are. And out of that, I believe breeds contentment. Because the opposite of all of those things is a selfish, entitled, arrogant person, you know, who thinks, well, I'm going to just hold on to my money and, um, you know, keep a tight fist and puff up my chest and say, well, I just, I deserve, you know, this and this and this. And and all those emotions tied into all that, those kinds of emotions, I feel like is damaging, especially this next generation coming up. So to fight all of that, I believe giving is the answer. Teach your kids to give and not even handing them money to give. Let them work around the house yeah. and make money. And when they make money, let them give part of that. Because, yeah, whether you're giving to a church or a nonprofit or helping, you know, an individual, no matter what it is, your heart is changing. You're becoming less selfish. And in my opinion, I think less selfish people, selfless people, I believe they're the ones that prosper in life. Yes. Because you're going to tip a waitress who serves you well versus one that's rolling her eyes at you, you know, to fill up your water every, you know, five minutes. Right. I mean, you look at things in life and you're like, Selfless people, they're attractive people. They hold the door for you. They smile. They're generous. I mean, all of those characteristics, I believe, stems out of a heart. Uh, of someone who's, who's giving. Well, tell me if you think this is a, to me, this is a fair way I've had, uh, I've been, you know, financially stable. I've been financially unstable and now I'm close to being financially unstable again, thanks to the wonderful IRS and my stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but one of the things that has, that has held strong since, since I read your father's book is that I truly believe I have led a fulfilled life, a, a happy mm. life because I've had moments where I've been able to help people either with my time because, and even if, if 
I know that you may not think that that is connected, not you, but the listener may not think that that's connected to money, but it is because I'm not stressed about where my next dollar is going to come from. And I'm a self-employed person who has no regular paycheck and I don't freak out about any of that stuff. It makes me free to be able to go, Hey, I have a hole in my wall. Can you come and help me? And I go, yeah, I'll be over there in an hour. The kids are school. And then I go over and I help somebody out and they're like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. And it feels good. It makes you feel like you're a part of a community and that you're contributing and you get a little, I don't know, biologically, maybe it's just a little endorphin or something that gets released. that makes you go, Hey, good job. Pat on the back, you know, and I just think it's so important to just feel better and you can walk around with your head held high a little bit easier because you learn to give. And I guess the question that I brought this up that I wanted to ask you is that I know you mentioned some in the book, but are there any um, ideas, and I hope I'm not putting you on the spot, but like say you're not like you would give to the, you would do in the, in the church, like almost like a tithe every Sunday when they pass around the offering plate, you would drop, drop your give money in. Is there any other options you could suggest for a young kid? Cause I have two toddlers that maybe even though we don't go to church, you know, is there other options that I can show mm-hmm. them of giving their money to somebody? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would I would even ask them, you know, what or find out what they enjoy. You know, talking with they love animals. You know, maybe you make a donation to the animal shelter. You help ah. them buy dog food and, you know, things like that. So, I, and as much as possible, yeah, I love the idea of just connecting giving to what or where your kids are at in life. And so, either um, you know, if maybe there's a kid at school in a situation that you've heard about that you're able to help them, or even if it's like holiday type giving, you know, around Christmas and that kind of thing, helping out a family, um, or it's just like um, something that they enjoy and that they have a heart for. And maybe you know, when they are really young, you can introduce them to different things, or even sponsor a child on the other side of the world. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of organizations that do that. I mean, yeah, anything like that. And I think when your kids are able to be a part of something, just like you said. It's almost like you're living life for something bigger than just yourself. And people that are selfish and hold on to their money constantly, it kind of reminds me of a pond where water flows in and water doesn't flow out. And what grows on top of like a stagnant, sitting pond mosquitoes and malaria that's what (laughs) yes exactly it's scum and it's scummy and and your heart starts to become that i really do believe that and sometimes people think that's harsh and i'm like it's not but when you live with an open hand yes that's going to allow you just like you said to live a fulfilled life uh there's so much more joy in money and and part of getting your money in order as the listener you know you're doing that for your kids and their kids, but yeah. for your family's legacy, but also the legacy that you're leaving in life, the people that you're you're bumping up against, the people you're touching. I mean, it's it's amazing, kind of the butterfly effect that it can have. And one of the things uh, I want to say in the, uh, is that what's great about this book, I know I've been talking a little bit about toddlers, but this book literally walks you through your entire child's life. And it talks about college, when they get married, how you can handle budgeting with their wedding and teenagers and, and integrates how you can suggest that they earn their own money and how they can spend it and save it and give it. It's, it is a comprehensive guide to money and parenting like no other, because I really don't think there is another one out there. I cannot stress enough how much I think this is a great book. And one of the things I didn't know this until recently, the reason my father gave me your dad's book is because I came to him and I said, this is no way to live a life. Is it just because I'm in my early twenties and that's what you do or because I'm living paycheck to paycheck. And he gave me your dad's book, which was essentially filled with the information, excuse me, he would like to give me, but what he thought was he's not going to listen to me. He won't listen mm. to me necessarily tell him this, but he'll listen to this other guy who's saying the same things I wish I could get him to hear and and do. And 
I thought that was a really smart piece of manipulation on my father's part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and adult children is tricky, especially, you know, when they're out of your house and yeah. they're living their own life. There is kind of a a moment where you're obviously still the parent always, but yeah, there's a little bit of a boundary there where they're, they're, they're an adult. So I think that was probably wise on his part where he's like, okay, I'm not trying to still be the, your dad and controlling you, but here's a, here's a bald guy that has some really yeah. good advice <laughs> in this book. Here's a bald so, yeah, guy with a, with a, kids are in their house still. They're yeah. still living under your roof. Dad, this, this book is for you for sure. And, and that's just, you know, I, I, I can't help but not be excited about this because, again, my whole life has, has changed because of what my parents have done. And, again, it's not because it's Dave Ramsey's daughter type thing, but it's just the fact that they took the time to teach us and yeah. explain to us and, and found these everyday teachable moments. And, and it wasn't complicated. It doesn't have to be hard or intimidating. But, yeah, it's just taking the time to do that. And what a knowledge. What, what, what a gift to really give your kids for them to start out on that foundation. And it's huge, like what you said, that not only are you going to help your kids, but subsequently you're going to help their kids. Like my father pointed out to me, he goes, your boys, because I told him about this book and he was, he was like, Oh, that's so cool. He said, now your kids are going to be able to fix their financial woes even before you were able to. And, uh, and so it's just this thing that could literally help generations that you won't even know exist. Uh, and yeah. change, it could literally turn your family tree around, and I, I can't stress it enough. I know you have a heart out, and I just want to throw one suggestion at the Ramsey family. Uh, since you've now you've done the great financial book, now you've got the kids book. I think as a dad podcast host, I would like for there to be some kind of uh, thing for a Ramsey wife book. If there's anything, <laughs> any possibility of that, I don't know. Maybe Sharon, she gets up on a soapbox and just waxes poetic about you know saving money and not spending it, just so I don't have to be the bad guy. You know what I mean? If I could just. That's good. Yes. <laughs> Sharon's perspective in there. I know we need we need more of that. That's for sure. I'll have to tell her. She would save so many marriages just in one fell swoop. Maybe make a lot of women angry. I don't know, but uh, I know that in his in, in her relationship, she is the saver, and your dad was the spender. Uh, but being yes. the saver with a wife as a spender, I think, is the more traditional setup. In all honesty, that's right. That's right. Well, that's what's funny about my as I I'm actually the spender, and my husband's the saver. So yeah. maybe the book will bring that. Yeah. Bring that to to balance a little bit. Two okay. spenders writing a money book. I don't know if that's if that's a good thing or not. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. Again, the book is called Smart Money, Smart Kids. You can go to smartmoneysmartkids.com. Uh, I'm assuming this is going to be available on Amazon and everything else. It is Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, yes, everywhere. You could follow Rachel on Twitter at Rachel Cruz. All of that information, as far as spelling, is going to be in the description of this episode here. The book is coming out uh, on, I believe, April twenty second, or no, April third. Holy crap, is that right? The ship no, date is it? No, April twenty second. April twenty right, second. I can edit that out. I apologize. So the book's coming out no, April good. April twenty second. So order it now. Go online, and it will literally change your life. It will change your kid's life. Rachel, please accept this uh, digital creepy hug from a guy in a studio from across the nation. I cannot thank you and your family enough for everything that you have done for not just my family, but what could only be a a countless millions of people. Uh, Thank you from the bottom of my heart. In all sincerity, I really cannot thank you and your family enough for everything you have done for me and mine. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thank you, Justin, so, so much. And thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. I hope to talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Justin. All right. Bye. 
So there you have it. Uh, again, I cannot thank Rachel Cruz enough for coming on the show. I cannot thank her enough enough for this book. I, re- I read this book in an afternoon while I was on the road this last week, and it really can it really can blow you. No matter how old your kids are, it walks you through what to do uh, to help them earn money around the house and how to teach them what to do with their money, how to set an example with their money, how to get them ready to buy a car, how to teach them to budget, how to budget for a wedding when your kids are older and getting ma- married, and how to teach them concepts of contentment. And, and um, it's, it's, it's just great. It's just really, really great, and I think I've gushed on it enough to the point where I might be doing it a disservice now, so I'm going to stop. Send us an email to show at thedadpodcast.com. Don't forget, you can follow Rachel Cruz on Twitter, at Rachel Cruz. They're, they're all on the Facebook. All of that is in the description of this episode. You can follow the show on Twitter, at dadpodcast. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash dadpodcast. I've had some conversations with some people via Twitter that I, and over Facebook and stuff. And I know that I'm not a guy who's posting a new article. Listener Chris does a great job of posting funny little pictures and stuff like that for uh, parents, and, and I like that. And But if, if you ever wanted to just reach out to me and say, hey, or send me a message, it doesn't even have to be to gush over the show. You could just be like, hey, it was really stupid how you cried this episode. Uh, please send it. Um, and that's a great way if, if you care to interact with me. The big thing I would really appreciate you doing, as you heard, I have $30,000 in taxes. So if everybody could do the $24 a year, that would help a little bit. Uh, but in all honesty, no, all kidding aside, I, I'm, doing, I'm doing just fine. And that, and, and that I hope that it, it doesn't sound like I'm begging for money with the $24 a year. It, it is honestly just a, me making an attempt, again, to, to do what I love doing. And, beca- and I think it's because it's something that people enjoy. So, um, so yeah, so that's that on behalf of nothing short of the most helpful family that I have ever come across the Ramsey family, Dave Ramsey and his daughter, Rachel Cruz. This is Justin Worsham saying stay frosty.